and welcome to another edition of On the Board Sports. I am your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Join as always by my main man, William Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. Will, how are we doing, sir? Doing all right. You know, can't complain. Just hanging in, having a great time right now with our wonderful, wonderful people here in this room. Shout out to Mike, our wonderful producer right now. We're checking the ones and twos. And also shout out to Matt and Brianna Peters. The wonderful owners of Gotham Podcast Studios. They're always awesome with a capital A. Who I just saw, so shout out to them. Shout out to them, too. And Will, I'm happy to see that you dodged the raindrops. For it now. Was pouring for this now. morning. For now. Yes. It's all right. And, Will, we are joined by a special guest, a long, 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 long time friend yes. of us, Mr. David Goldstein, Mr. DG. David, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thank you guys for having having me on. I uh, love what you no. guys are doing with the podcast. Love you guys are doing your thing, so I'm happy we could finally get together. Absolutely, man. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. And also, shout out to Eric Fischetti <coughs> for coming on to the show. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Fish was awesome with a capital A. So I just wanted to just give him his uh, his due and his praise because he's Definitely. a young and up and coming guy, you know. Life happens. Reminds, reminds him of yeah, a young of us. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It was great. It was great. I can't believe that time has flown by. Bro. Yes, crazy. Sometimes you just gotta just take there. you gotta take things one day at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. And you never know what what the future holds. So. Definitely. So, just, just want to just shot. Just want to just uh, do a little quick thing. Yeah. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow myself. On Instagram, at Will Trucci. That's W-I-L-L-C-H-I-A-R-U-C-C-I. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at W-C-H-I-A-R-U-C-C-I, W Trucci. You want to follow the show, you can follow us at On The Board Sports on on Twitter. O-N-T-H-E-B-O-A-R-D-S-P-O-R-T. That's On The Board Sport. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, which is On The Board Sports with an S. Sean, what's your handle? Instagram, Shawnee Maestro. S-H-A-W-N-Y, M-A-E-S-T-R-O. And same thing on Twitter, Shawnee Maestro. So give me a follow. Give us a follow. Well, David, before we get into the show. Hang on, David. What's your what's your handle? Oh, yeah. Yes, you, you can catch so me on Twitter. Come on. Come on. Do sorry, a lot. Bro. Listen, I wasn't going <laughs> to. No, you should. You should. You're part of the show. It's okay. Um, you go ahead. At D Goldie, D-G-O-L-D-Y underscore. Uh, that's my Twitter. A lot of Do a lot of sports, a lot of feedback, a lot of reaction, things like David that. David tweets a whole lot. So. <laughs> I try to. I try to stay active with it, you know, yeah. try to somewhat stay in the sports game a little bit, you know, not to the level you guys are doing it, but. It, it, I'm I'm pumped for today, man. I, it's a lot of fun and uh, happy to be behind, behind the mic with you guys again. Absolutely, David. Man, uh, speaking of you, David, for the fans out there, David, Will, and I was on a show back in school called MSL Morning Sports Live. David was the host. Me and Will were on the show doing our thing, and you know, um, that was a great show, man. We had a lot of people on. We covered all sports, mm-hmm. uh, the school sports, and everything in between. So that was a really, really uh, su- uh, uh, a successful show, and because of that show, that's why you know we haven't seen you know us in a very long time, but we've remained cool. And you know, it's I'm so happy that we're back now talking sports just how we did better late than never, right? Yeah, like eight years ago, nine years ago, ten mm-hmm. years ago. Time really flies, yes. Speaking of time, really flies, let's talk about a player that uh really flies and nice segue has to. Thank you, sir. And a guy that who's about to fly from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Oak. Well, let me not say because who knows where the yeah. hell it's going to be a long flight, no matter what. Though I'll tell you, a long flight, no matter what, they'll be playing in Cali. That's for sure. Right. We are talking about the one, the only, Mister Antonio Brown. Breaking news came early this morning that 
he was traded from Pittsburgh to the Raiders. Not the Bills. Not the, Raiders. the Bills. The Raiders for a third and a fifth round pick. And they also gave him a new three-year, $54 million deal, $30 million in guaranteed money, making him the highest annual salary receiver in the National Football League. What a deal because they not only have one first-round pick, they don't have two first-round picks. They have three first-round picks. They also have a very high second-round pick. They do not have to give up any of those picks to get probably what many people consider pound for pound the best wide receiver in the game. So Tony Totap. Tony Totap, right. Mr. So big chest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what, 5'10"? He's really yeah. short. So, Will, my main man, I'll start with you. Will, when you heard of the news, what was your thoughts and opinion, sir? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> he really went to Oakland. Really that was Oakland. my first thought, and I'm saying to myself, wow, this is a team that gave up Khalil Mack and a couple other pieces. Amari Cooper. Right. They still have, yeah, Amari Cooper. So, obviously, they go from the speed demon to probably the best all-around receiver in the game. But, Sean, with that remains to be said, remember the last time they traded for a high-profile wide receiver? What's his last name, Moss? Yes. How, <laughs> how did it work out for them? Uh, he cut his braids, but that was that was uh yeah that, pretty was, much it. <laughs> that was pretty much about it. They they were still the losing Raiders, but they didn't have a quarterback then. This Raiders team does. Derek Carr looking for his go to guy. Amari Cooper it didn't work out there, but now with with him in Dallas, it looks like he found himself <coughs> in Dallas. But uh, but still, for Oakland to have not like you said, Sean, have given up their th- their first three draft picks, their f- three first rounders, and. To still have that second rounder is huge. They could still build their team. They're Like I said before, they're building up their team for Las Vegas and trying to draw butts into this new arena that's coming into A play. A stadium that you saw. That I've seen, and it's it's coming and it's out good. pretty good. It's nice. coming out very, very nice out there nice. in Las Vegas. So it, it's still amazing that there's going to be pro sports teams in Las Vegas. I mean, It is about time, though, man. Yeah. It is really well, long when you Well, when you have – the gambling mecca out there. I mean, go figure, you know. But right. uh, but yeah, hey, look, listen, the the Raiders, they really needed a receiver badly. And look, this is a team that really wants to get back to its winning ways since the 70s, you know. They haven't really won anything since the 70s. Right. And the last time that they had a winning receiver was you're going to have to go all the way back to the beginning of the 2000s with Tim Brown and Jerry Rice. Right, yeah. So... With Rich Gannon being there at the quarterback. So, uh, so yeah. Too bad they missed each other, Moss and Gannon. They missed each other by one by year. One yeah, year imagine yeah. those two together. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, injuries injuries obviously happen. But, uh, but no, this team, like I said, they need they needed a, a, a playmaker like this. And also, too, shout out to Al Davis because Al Davis would have probably pulled the the deal on this one too. Mm-hmm, yeah. He would have pulled the trigger on this one too. Getting his fast receiver, he's probably everything. Like it that. has an Al Davis feel to it for sure. It does. It does. David, what's your take on this uh, whole trade that um, happened with Antonio Brown to the Raiders? Yeah. Well, I'm happy he's not going to Buffalo. As the uh, I agree. The Jets said, yeah, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, I'm sure he he's not happy he's going to Buffalo. <laughs> it, you could tell it's a West Coast move because even the news broke about the potential Buffalo trade overnight. Well, for us here in New York and the East Coast, and then the news broke I think around 1 a.m. for the Oakland trade also right. on the East Coast time. So you could tell that you know things were happening overnight. They overnight, were trying to yeah. trying to get that deal done. Um, 
from the Raiders side of things, I think it's a great, it's, another, it's a piece for da- uh, for David Carr, for Derek Carr that's been missing since Cooper uh, left. And I'm going to be interested to see how things work between the two of them because, you know, if they get off to a bad start and things go south, there's no telling what Antonio Brown's going to say. You know, you would hope that he's on his best behavior going out there, but I think between the, the blonde mustache and all of the things he's been saying, what he's bugging out a little bit. So, I, I, you know, if I'm a Raiders fan, yeah, I'm excited, I'm partying today, but in the back of my mind, I'm cautiously optimistic because... Again, we'll see how the Raiders draft goes. You guys mentioned they have a lot of draft picks. You know, it's exciting. Uh, Gruden's kind of getting his way in year two now back in Oakland. Um, so we'll see what he does, and we'll see what pieces they put around them because, uh, I, you know, Jordy Nelson is not going to be there next year. I don't even know. I mean, I guess, what was it, Seth Roberts? or I can't even name you any of the other receivers on Oakland, right. so I don't know who else they're going to they're gonna bring in to be part of that offense. But we'll see. Um, from the Pittsburgh side of things, I'm excited to see what Juju is going to do now as the guy. And we've seen it turn over a lot in the last – 15, 20 years in Pittsburgh, when one guy's on his way out, that next guy comes in. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders has come through, you know, was always a number two in Pittsburgh, kind of broke out as a number one at times in Denver. Um, you had Santonio Holmes. Yes, yeah, Antonio Holmes, Heinz Ward, went, and then he left, and the transition to go into Antonio Plaxico. Brown, Plaxico. So many guys, so so many big receivers have come through Pittsburgh, and I think that Juju is going to be that next big guy to be a number one over there. So, I, it, as much as I, uh, I don't love the Steelers, I'm excited to see what they're going to do on offense now. Well, I'm sorry, um, uh, David and Will. I am excited too because Juju won me my fantasy championship. So <laughs> I am happy that he's going to be now yes. number one. You'll be drafting him again. I'll I guess. be drafting him very, very high too. Very, very high. But, Will, I think you make a very good point because by them keeping those four early picks, it still gives them the chance to build their team. And Dokeland has the third most cap space in the league. The Colts, number one. Your guys, Jets, number two. Jets have about 102. The Colts have 116. Who the hell are they um, uh, um, paying? paying? Nobody. Luck? And that's it. Well, they they built their offensive line now. I think their offensive line is actually very, very good after what happened last year. I mean, Quentin Nelson is just an absolute man-child. Quentin Nelson is a beast. He's a man-child is what he is. Right. So the fact that they have those four early picks and they have the third most cap space in the league, it really, really gives them a chance to build that team. And they're going to have to build it pretty fast because the Chiefs aren't going nowhere anytime soon. Mm Mm-hmm. And Philip Rivers has shown he still has a bunch left uh, in that tank, mm-hmm. and they are a very good team. So I'm very, very interested. But I think the guy with the most pressure on him, I think, is Carr. Because yes. we saw Brown said, oh, Brown said that Big Ben came to his house one time. Once. They've been together for like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And one time. If I'm Derek Carr, I'm flying to Florida tomorrow. Like, hey, listen. I'm going to be your best friend for the rest of your life, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to go to lunch together. We're going to watch film together. We're going to do everything together, everything. And 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 because you don't want him, as you said, D, you don't want him, they start off like one and four. Antonio Brown is going to lose his mind if mm-hmm. they start yes. one and four. Even if he leads the league in everything, they're one and four. He's going to find a way to blame, oh, what car, he threw it too high. 
and they should have thrown me in the ball instead of giving Lynch a toss. He's going to say something stupid. So I think so. if I'm Derek Carr, I am on the phone with Antonio Brown tomorrow morning. Yes. Like, and- good morning. Welcome. We are officially best friends. And and then not only that, too, you look at the team right now that's in place. They were, what, ranked almost dead last in, in, pa- in passing yards, <laughs> you know? So this is a huge upgrade for the Raiders. My thing is with Pittsburgh is – I think they hit a home run here because not only really? of what they – yeah, they hit a home run here. Not only do you get rid of a guy that obviously he's becoming like the OBJ with with the blonde mustache, the dreads coming out, looking like a, a sideshow, a human sideshow. And by the way, him <laughs> going, going to well. Oakland is like the perfect fit for, for yeah. him. He fits in well with the black hole. But uh, you look at what Pittsburgh does, right? They go out. They trade away for San. They trade away San Antonio Holmes when he comes over the Jets. Mm-hmm. Mid round pick. They get quality, quality guys coming in, and the scouting department for Pittsburgh, I think, does a wonderful job of finding these guys. Because hey, you can have Big Ben around all you want, but if you get guys coming in that you know that have that big, you know, the with uh, Mike Tomlin, and you have them come in and say, all right, next guy up. That next guy up is going to produce, and he's going to want to get some spotlight, and he's going to be hungry for that next NFL contract. So those third and fifth round draft picks, you're building up for your, not only for your special teams, but hey, you never know. That backup lineman or that backup receiver, he could be a godsend. Well, the only part of the deal I don't like is that the Steelers have to eat $21 million on the cap for a player that's going to give them zero. Mm-hmm. Zilch. $21 million is like, right. if you spend it right, that's like... Three players, <laughs> right? That you can't pay mm-hmm, because right. you traded you traded this guy. That's the only only part of the deal. But will you make a very good point? We've seen guys drafted in the third round and the fifth round turn out to be really really good. Antonio Brown himself, what uh, what round fifth? So we've seen you know teams draft some really good players in these third fourth rounds. Uh, Juju Smith, I believe, was a. Um, uh, third round pick too. So right. you know what and, I'm saying. And so, also too, you look at Antonio Brown, David. I hate to bring this up. Remember the 2010 AFC Championship game? Unfortunately, Ben, I do, ben yeah. Roethlisberger. I do. Who, who do you throw that pass to? Yeah, Antonio was, Brown. Right. And and you know I was surprised to see because I I kind of got lost in the whole history of Steelers and Pittsburgh and all that. That that I, for some reason I thought Brown had a ring. I thought he won a Super Bowl with Big Ben because they've had that that culture, the killer bees, nope. and now Big Ben is the last one. But I was having this conversation with someone the other day, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, at least Brown got him a Super Bowl. And they're like, no, he didn't. He was, didn't win a Super was Bowl. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers here. Right, right, exactly. So I was surprised to see that because of all these pieces that Pittsburgh has had, you know, and the players that have come and gone through that organization since. And Brown has been there for, what, five, six years now probably, yeah, right? Yeah. Somewhere around there. And, and the chance that they've had and how they've gone deep into the playoffs and not gotten to that next hump. Um, you guys have brought the Jets up a lot with you know the Jets and the Raiders. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Like a, as of this podcast, about 20 minutes ago, a corresponding move to the Brown deal, the Raiders traded um, Osamel to the uh, Jets to shore up their line now. Oh, that's the guard. Yeah, it is because uh, I'm reading here that the three biggest cap hits for the Raiders were Carr, Gabe Jackson, another guard, and Osamel, the three biggest. So they're clearing up some more space now by 
uh, dumping him off to the Jets. How much money do you the... have to give to guards? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I, right? Those two guards and your quarterback are your biggest cap hits. Cap so right. now uh, they're dumping him off to the Jets. He's 29 years old. It's a good move for the Jets. Um, you know, sure enough, that line for Darnold. Gave them? Um, I don't see it here. It was through Schefter on Twitter. So okay. if you look it up, I'm sure we could probably find it. Okay. But um, let's see. Uh Trade cannot be processed till Wednesday. This is an agreement's in place, so I don't think that okay. the details have come out yet. But I do like that move for uh, both teams. You know, obviously the Raiders with the draft coming up are putting themselves in a position to make some big splashes with the draft and and uh, you know freeing up some space. As you mentioned before, the Jets w- have a lot of money too. So I wonder if they got back one of those picks that they just gave um, a Pittsburgh. Maybe flip the maybe pick for it. Pick. Yeah, and maybe it's the possible. fifth one. Maybe right because the Jets don't have a second round pick, so I doubt no. they would give them the third round round pick. Probably the fifth round pick the Jets did, but that is um, a very very big move there. Speaking twenty one point nine mil is what he's owed over the next two seasons. So it's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of said Jets, I am not a Jets fan. David is. Will is. David, since you're the guest, I will start with you, sir. The Jets last year, five wins. But listen, David, it seems like the franchise guy is in place. Mm -hmm. It's only one year, and he missed some games because he was hurt. Thank God he missed the game against my team, the Titans. Mm -hmm. One thing, thank God. But hey, well, hey, you know what's going on. But what do you think of the Jets going forward? Bowles is no longer longer there. Adam Gase is in place now. A lot of fans are like, "Eh, Adam Gase. A, a move that I love, David, Greg Williams running yes, the defensive side. Mm-hmm. The Jets hit a grand slam, bottom of the ninth, down by three move mm-hmm. <laughs> with that guy. But Adam Gase is now in charge. Gase and Sam are going to be together for the foreseeable uh, future. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I the thing the the biggest thing I like because I I agree with you, Sean. Love the uh, Greg Williams move, and I like that a lot of his past players are on this Jets defense yep. now. Yep. He played, he coached uh, Tremaine mm-hmm. in um the in Saint, mm-hmm. back when they were St. Louis, mm-hmm. and um, I'm trying to think. I don't think he coached Avery Williamson or not. I don't think he did, but um, I do love this move for the Jets. I wasn't a big fan of the Gase move, but a lot of people that are know a lot or a lot closer to the NFL than I am, have said that they liked the move. Um, he did take Miami to the playoffs that one year when they really had no business making it to the playoffs. So, listen, man, we'll see. A- after Bowles is out now, I have no reason but to be positive and to put my faith in this new uh, Jets regime that's going to be coaching them next season. So, obviously, you know, from there, um, Darnold, love to see that. Love to see where he goes in year two. They just, uh, I think, restructured with... Robbie Anderson, who was a restricted free agent. A second-round tender, yeah. Right. Yeah, they tendered him. Right, exactly. Yep. So, um, you know, we'll see what else they do. Obviously, they got Osama, like we just talked about, to pr- for the to protect him. So mm-hmm. we'll see where they go from there. But, yeah, the future does look bright for the Jets. But as we know in that division, the Patriots are always that black cloud that hangs above the Jets and above Buffalo King. and Miami. Right. Exactly. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, man, year two for, for Sam and year one for Gase in the Gase era. You know, I'm, 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 I have reason to be excited about it. Before you go, Will, my question, um, David, is speaking of said Todd Bowles, I know where Will stands uh, on this, but in your mind, where did it go wrong? Because that first year was really good. It's 10-6, and six, but they lost to the Bills Week 17 mm-hmm. on the road. Right. And I feel like he and the team never recovered mm-hmm. from that Week 17 loss. Yeah. Uh, in your mind, where did it go wrong for him? 
Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the Darrell Revis interview that was on the fan probably about three, four months now. Uh, it was right around the time when he was retiring as a Jet and all that, and they had him on the fan, and he was talking about that game, and he said the same thing. He said that the Jets never recovered after that game when Fitzpatrick threw the interception and yeah. yada yada. The rest is history. Um, if you ask me where it goes wrong, I think you answered your own question. It, it was that game <laughs> that he kind of lost the locker room after that. There was a lot to be excited about. Um, I remember going that year to the game at home versus the Pats when Eric Decker had the walk-off touchdown. The walk-off touchdown yeah. And I, I had partial season tickets. Me and someone else split it that year. And I went to some of the best games that season. And that's the the, the best I've felt as a Jets fan since going to the AFC Championship in 2010 and all those other games right. like that. So I think that's where things started to go downhill. And the thing is, you brought in Bowles, who was a defense, defensive coach. He you know, came from Arizona before that. And, you know... A lot of the best talent defensively they had was in his last year. You saw, you know, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate Marcus May wasn't healthy. Obviously, we know what Jamal Adams is turning into now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tremaine Johnson, the free agency really didn't work out, but he wasn't healthy either for a lot of the season. So um, it's unfortunate because I think if you brought in maybe Bowles as the defensive coordinator back a few years ago, things might have been different. But to put him in that first head coaching position, I think it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't working out. You know, you had Fitzpatrick in there for a few years, um, and the team is on the cusp now of trying to take that next step with all the pieces that are coming in, but it's going to be under under a, a new regime, and it's ended the same way that the last three or four Jets coach head coaches have. Dave, where do you see this Jets team right now with regards to the draft? Do you see them trading that number three overall pick? for some more death pieces after what we just seen right now with them trading for an offensive lineman? Or do you see them standing pat and going after uh, Nick Bosa, maybe going after the guy that had like 1% body fat, the wide receiver? Oh, DK Metcalf. DK yeah. Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ripped, my God. Do, you, uh-huh. do, you, do you see them keeping the pick or do you see them trading down? What, what, what are your thoughts? I could see them trading that down actually doing the opposite of what they did last year to get Donald. I could see them trading down – um, in the draft, and you know where they go from there, I'm really interested to see what position they really covet with that first. You know, if it is someone on the defensive side of the ball, um, I mean, we'll see. But but my gut tells me that they're going to try to work out something. Someone's going to jump in there, the same way we saw with Carson Wentz when uh, I think Philly traded with Cleveland, right, to get that pick, yeah. or as we saw last year that McCagnan traded to get up into the draft. I think we're going to see someone swooping at the last minute say. Let's get this done, and you're going to see the Jets picking later on in the draft. I would love, personally, if that were to happen, just to build up this team, just Mm -hmm. to see that happen. Yeah. I think the best case scenario will, in that case, if the Giants fall in love with either of those two With with Murray or Haskins? And if the Cardinals pass on him one, I think Dave uh, Gettleman is going to speed dial McHagnett. (laughs) They'll be like, listen, I'll give you... The sixth pick, the second, and a two next year or or three next year. Would that be um enough? Maybe, maybe I'm not, but I think that's the best case because I don't think a team would trade up for a pass rush guy only because the this this draft has them throughout. You know, right. what I'm saying like a whole bunch sprinkled, yeah. But I think if a team like the Giants, a team like who else I want to say, um. The one of those teams is that just need a guy, a quarterback. A quarterback, yeah. Titans. The, f- the uh, Titans are too low. 
the Broncos pick ten, so the, that will that that could be another move. They signed. Broncos. They signed. They traded for Joe Flacco though. Thirty four. Right. Still though, mile so, high, mile high. He can throw that ball still 60, 70 yards deep. But I think stay on that for one <laughs> second. Well, John Delway is a all time great. Have you ever seen an all time great? Whiff on the position that he's played. So uh, it's many unbelievable times. how many times he's struck it's out. It, it really, really <laughs> is. The one thing I was going to say though, before we switch topics, the first domino that has to fall is the Josh Rosen piece because yep. if yes. he does get traded from Arizona, then we'll see where the Giants go from there. Which quarterback, if they go go that route, right. who they're going to take. But the fir- the first one that we'll see that's going to light the spark for the rest of the uh, trades and the draft that's going to happen is Josh Rosen. And it's crazy to me to hear that someone like that can get traded in his second season. And, and a lot of Giants fans feel like the, the Giants are going to come in and trade for Rosen. David, the Cardinals are a mess. You hired yeah. a guy, Steve Wilkes, first year. You drafted a guy. You fired Steve Wilkes after the first year. Now you may trade the quarterback mm-hmm. that you traded up for. Right. To to get yeah and to and to put the sprinkle on top the GM was arrested for a DUI mm-hmm. what is going on there we don't know <laughs> something we is don't going, know we don't we don't live in Arizona to actually yeah. cover this team more something is going on there something's in that water mm-hmm. it's but we shall see what happens in free agency David a very nice um, a segue there changing topics now to. <sighs> The New York Yankees. <laughs> I can hear the excitement in your voice. And yes. to baseball. Yes. Um, listen, um, you know, this is a upcoming season where, you know, I know you two guys being huge, huge, big-time Yankee fans. I know you got – well, I know you guys weren't thrilled to see Boston win another uh, That's championship an yeah. last year. But, I mean, hey. The fact that you guys won 100 games last year, that is a huge stepping stone. And I think they come with a better team this year. David, I will ask you a question that I have about this team right now in the spring and going forward. The team is stacked. The pen is stacked. I know some guys got hurt, several, Reno, the shoulder, the CC. So, but there's still guys out there that they could sign or bring them from the farm. Will is a huge fan of bringing up guys from the farm. But... What I, Will's, Will's a homegrown guy. A homegrown you, ha- you, guy. Ha- you have to be. That's how you win championships. <laughs> but a question that I want to ask you, David: Who do you? Who would you like to see play first base? Would you like to see Luke Voigt? Would you like to see Greg Bird? I'm a huge Greg Bird fan. I feel like if you don't start Bird, you're going to lose Bird mm-hmm. from the brain standpoint. Right. I think the worst thing you could do to Bird is put him in Triple A AAA again. Mm-hmm. I think he has to play, or, or else you know, mentally. He's going to be going. What's your thoughts? I think that this year for the Yankees and Mets, this is it's interesting because they're both in the same position at first base. First base right. <laughs> Dom Smith could be on his last chance. Greg Bird could be on his last chance. Right. And you don't see that very often from New York. You know, the Yankees have had Teixeira. Um, you know, he, he talks about, about about Peter Alonso. Mets fans are excited now for that. So who do I think? I mean, the sexy pick is Luke Voigt, of, of course. course. Last year he's mashing. We see him all his workouts and everything. <laughs> I would love to see Greg Bird work out at Yankee Stadium simply for the fact that he's a lefty to go in there and we've seen the power that he displays you know um I don't want to take the easy road and say either way it's kind of a win because it's really not I I personally I like to see Voight um because I do think that he's just meshed well with this team I think he's gotten comfortable now and that was kind of a it was an underrated move because outside of um 
of Bird, you don't really have anybody else. Who else is going to play first base? You right. know what I mean? So uh, we'll see. But it's unfortunate that one of these guys, you know, I, I, one of these guys will not be on the roster most likely. And it's unfortunate to see if that happens. Um, I would like to see Voight, but it wouldn't shock me either if Bird gets his last crack. Will made a very good point. Will, you compared Voight's season last year to Shane Spencer. Uh, Spencer? Mm-hmm. You tell, you yeah, tell, was, uh, the I actually listened. I remember listening to that episode when you got, you, you had on um, – you guys had on a guest that you were talking about that. Didn't you guys have someone to talk about we that? We might have. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Was it Mr. McFly? Was it Joe? Was it, it Joe Solano? Was Joe, yeah, Joe, and, and there was a lot of talk about that. And I remember. Joe, yeah. I remember hearing hearing your com- comparison, and even on on mainstream media, there was a lot of talk about that. Shane Spencer was on the fan comparing his season. Right. Um, it's 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 a it's a great comparison. It, it is, and you know, everybody's they they fall in love with the home run, and Tommy Weber brings it up when we Tommy did, Weber. <laughs> shout out to Tommy Weber, but. When he when we talk to him and everybody falls in love with the home run and everything like that, but in essence with Bird, if if Bird starts going the opposite way and if Bird plays the way how Greg Bird should play, then I think because he's a left handed hitter playing at Yankee Stadium, I think he would be a better fit than Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. Now Luke Voigt, he came onto the scene. Again, who are you gonna pitch to in into that lineup, you know? You're gonna pitch to guys like Aaron Judge, uh, Gary Sanchez, Aaron Hicks, Giancarlo. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. The list can go on and on and on. And we all know that Luke Voigt is a, is a Kyle Schwarber-like figure with regards like to his David build. His, yeah, his weight of like his <laughs> build. Not, not because Schwarber is a lefty and he's a right. No, that's totally different. But just his build and the way how he goes about his business and playing the game, that's who he reminds me of. But the way how the season has played out, he just reminds me of that. And if you're going to put all your eggs into one basket, the guy really doesn't have a track record. That's you know, true. the true. guy really doesn't have a track record. And I would love to see Luke Voigt prove me wrong. I'm a huge Yankee fan. I would love to see this guy perform and outperform the way the way how he did last season for this year. But there's more to it than meets the eye here. Right. You know, he's got to go out there and prove it. And fans cannot buy into, okay, well, he had a great he had a great run. Who else are you going to pitch to into that Yankee lineup? You know, now you're going to have the scouting report on him, and he's going to go out there, and you know, most of these pitchers are going to be pitching away, away, away from him. That's true. It's just saying, David Wood. I want to ask you guys both this. Well, I will start with you. This season is big because, as you know, Boston is going to be just as good. Houston's going to be good. The Angels, they may be good. Whoever else, Indians. I think that. The Yankees can make a deep run. I think they're going to probably win 100-plus games another season. I want to know, not to put the pressure on one guy, but just my question. Go ahead. Who who do you guys think is the most important Yankee this season? And I'm going to give you guys my answer first. Okay. I think it is, without a doubt, Gary, you just took my answer. The three of us probably. Yeah. Now, now I got to think this one out again. If go ahead. Gary Sanchez plays how Gary Sanchez plays, the Yankees are going to score 10 runs a game. I mean, like you said, you can't pitch to Judge. Stan, you can't pitch to him. You can't pitch to Hicks. Gardner could still hit it out. And Duhar has power. Glaber is a star. Voight has power. Bird has power. But it's almost like you know what to expect from those guys. Sanchez, he burst on the scene, and I was like, whoa, this guy's hitting like 450-foot bombs. Right. 
And then last year came, and the guy couldn't catch a simple a slider, and he's like sliding the opposite way, missing it's scary balls. to watch, yeah. yeah. Like it was really bad. I think he's without a doubt the most important player on this team. If he has even a decent year, will will indeed the Yankees could go uh, all the way. But if he does not, I don't know. Well, I'm going to give you two guys. I'm okay. going to go Aaron Judge, and I'm going to go Brett Gardner. Mm. Brett Gardner and everybody on the Yankees is important. Aaron of Hicks course, is important. Course. If he he just signed his new deal, seven year, seventy million dollar deal. Nice. But if they put if they put Brett Gardner, if Aaron Boone puts Brett Gardner at the number one, you know, leading off, he's got to not think about hitting home runs because he knows who he is. He's a grinded out type of guy when he's up at the dish. He is. He'll go up there. And he'll spoil pitches with two strikes, two strikes, two strikes. And he's the perfect table setter. My second guy is Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge cannot get hurt again how it happened last year. Now, at we, the worst time. At the, wor- <laughs> at the worst time in the middle of the, po- in the, middle of the July, August run, everything like that. We all know what happened. The Yankees missed him. And it separated the Red Sox from the Yankees from winning the AL East and them win the wild card. And ultimately, you know them hosting the playoff series. It, it really did. And then on top of that, you know, you look at you look at Aaron Judge, there are things that you cannot replace it with this guy. The guy, every time he comes up to the plate, could be a walk, could be a base hit. How hard he hits now with all these sabermetrics coming in now into play and how hard the guy hits the ball. It's crazy. And don't forget the guy plays a very good right field. Before you answer Omdi, this is this is the type of impact that Aaron Judge has. I was watching. And a great clubhouse presence, by the way. He is. I was watching the winner-take-all game, Yankees-A's. David, Will, when Aaron Judge hit that home run, I was like, the game's over. You you just had that personally with me. I was there for that. I just had that vibe. That was like, oh. I was, I was, I was at, I was at Yankee Stadium, and believe me, the the whole place erupted. It was I crazy. God, what was the pitch? But you clearly see the pitch hang. Boom! I was like, holy smokes! But mm-hmm. yeah, be- well, you guys are making me work here because uh, you guys <laughs> obviously the easy answers are Sanchez and Judge. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of torn. Um, I'm going to give you guys one on from the pitching staff, and I'm going to give you one on the offensive side right. of the ball. Right. Uh, I'm going to give you Severino first because the thing is, I think that Yankee fans are in a little bit of uncharted territory here. Mm-hmm. I don't think we expected to have our ace, our number one guy, come in with rotator cuff inflammation. And what worries me is that it could be an ongoing issue, something that we could see, because we saw last year how dominant he was. He was a Cy Young favorite. He was taking the league by storm, and then he started to get hurt, and he was a different type of pitcher. And that's one thing that we cannot have lagging on this season. I'm glad that it was caught early enough that even if he's going to miss opening day, that hopefully he can get himself right. And there's not that pressure because last year there were times where, you know, we needed Severino. He needs to be starting for us. You know, we're on a three game losing streak. We got to snap this skid. We need Severino back. There's not that pressure right now in March and April to do that, which is good. But we'll see where it, where things go from here on out with this injury. On the other side of the ball, I'm going to go with Anduar. 
Because what's crazy is that he still has another, I feel, he has another gear in him, mm-hmm. which is crazy. You know, it's great that we've seen him. He's been in pressure situations. He's come through. He's been clutch. We've seen him. He has playoff experience now. He's played in Fenway. He's played in a hostile environment, which is great to see. Uh, defensively, we know, just like Sanchez, he has to clean some things up. Right. Um, he wasn't traded. He was, he, he was the... Uh, targeted name for so many trades that may have gone down, and right. I'm, I'm I'm glad personally that he's still here. I'm happy, but now we know he's here. He's going to be the third baseman. Go out there, clean up the fielding a little bit, and continue to hit the way that he's been hitting in those clutch moments. So those are my guys. Yeah, and, and you know, and I mean, it's one of those things where listen, guys are going to get hurt. Guys, guys get hurt stepping. That um um from their bed, so guys are going to get hurt. But I think that the Yankees have the depth to withstand these guys. Obviously, when you hear shoulder and elbow, those things are always like oh no, elbow. It normally says Tommy John. Normally, the shoulder normally says the um cuff, um so on and so forth. So, um, we shall see um what happens there. Um, another question, a quick though, because time is running um short. At our guys is. Right. Um, from the staff, Paxton brought in left-handed guy, J.A. Happ, a left-handed guy, C.C. a left-handed guy. Did they, um, uh, uh, the I asked Will this the other day, a rotation with three lefties, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of a unique thing here that they have um uh, going on, man. Yeah, definitely interesting. And I noticed that, and I started to see all those L's next to the names, <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is a pretty. You know, I understand Yankee Stadium likes lefties, but that's usually for the hitters, not for the pitchers. Pitchers, right? Uh, I thought that w- that was kind of strange, but you know what? Just really it makes me wonder is who's going to fill this void? Because, like I said, injuries do happen. We always see spot starts. We saw a lot of the Yankees that came up. We saw uh, Justice Sheffield last season before he got traded. We saw him have a lot of starts. Chance Adams. We saw the thing with him. You know, he's had, he had command issues a lot during his starts. Um, you had Herman had more Cessa, yeah. opportunity. Sessa, mm-hmm. even Lasagna. Uh, what's his oh, name? Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. Sessa. Sessa. No, no, no. What's the guy? Uh, Lois Saiga? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, Lois Saiga. Right. Lasagna. Um, <laughs> you know, all these guys had their starts at different point and times. And yeah, for a spot start, great. But we've seen so many different guys fluctuate. And we'll see, you know, this season, obviously, we're going to run into those same issues. Sheffield, like I said, has been shipped off in the Paxton trade. So those guys that I just mentioned are going to be the ones to make those starts. And that's why. As soon as Severino's name popped up, a lot of people said, go out and get Keuchel, go out and get Gio Gonzalez, go out. I think Gio's a lefty also, though, isn't he? So I guess, you you know, that would be adding one more lefty. Right. You'd be adding one or two more lefties to the rotation again. But, um, you know, I just want to see where the Yankees go from here as far as spot starts. Because you're going to have a lot of that, especially if Severino's hurt this season. We don't know where it's going to go from there. But it it was strange to see that many lefties uh, be inserted into that rotation. Definitely. And then, too, you know, you look at the Yankees' rotation right now, man. I mean, you have Paxton, you have uh, J.A. Happ, like you said, Sean. They just – I think it's either, it's going to flip-flop between either them going to go to the farm and get a guy like uh, Jordan Montgomery back up here or maybe they sign a – see if one, he's healthy, too. Or sign a one- to two-year deal, right, to mm-hmm. a guy like uh, Dallas Keuchel or something like that. So, you know, there's a lot of things that ultimately need to happen here with the uh, pinstripes. But, man, this is going to be one of the more – uh, 
critical years because everybody has predicted this team. Now, it's 2019 now. 2017, nobody thought that they'd make it to one game of the uh, ALCS against Houston. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought that at the beginning of that year. Right. Nobody thought that they – well, okay, they lose to Boston in the first round. But come on. You know what I mean? Like that – Boston was a juggernaut. They were. They were. 8 and 52. They were. Yeah. And, <laughs> and last year was the first year the Yankees had a 101 season since uh, the World Series, your own nine, when they won 103 right. games. So this year, and it's a lot of pressure because this year they have to take that next up. And it's funny because a lot of people put the plateau. Put put the mark at 100 wins. Right. If your team had 100 wins, you were a successful regular season team. Right. I think the Yankees actually take a step back. I think they go by one, 99 and 63. I know you guys will probably have your baseball preview show. We will. I think they're going to have one less win than they, than they did last year. But it's a lot of pressure to keep up and to kind of match what Boston is doing because that's what that's what they had to do last year. Yeah. Michael K said it though. Michael the Michael K said. That they could be a better team and have less wins. Yes, which, and I agree one hundred percent. Right, do. right, guys. We have three minutes left. My final question. Wow, it flew by, man. It flew Crazy. By, right? We didn't. Even, yeah. We didn't right? get to Mets. Crazy. I, I mean, we spoke about Mets uh, 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 yeah, last show true, a little true. bit. My final Yankee question for you guys, for the sake of time, is: We know it's a big season on the field for the players on the field. Mm-hmm. In what ways would you guys like to see Aaron Boone in year number two? Step up his game. Don't be a puppet. I right. know there were some times where Will and me and you spoke um, um, about this. Well, there were some moves where you were like, "The hell is he doing?" Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. So, how would you guys like to see in year number two, Aaron Boone step up his game? I'm just gonna make this one short and sweet. Just don't be a puppet to Brian Cashman at this point. Run your team, run your mind, and that's it. You know, I know the media will have it say like, "Oh, you know, Aaron Boone's doing this, Aaron Boone's doing that." Realistically, it's almost being like Moneyball here when Billy Bean and Art Howe were together. You know, and look what happened to Art Howe when he left and he managed the Mets. So, that's in it. 2003 <laughs> and 2004. So. A lot can happen, but just don't be a puppy. Unfortunately, that's not why I would. I agree. I would love to see that. That's not why Boone was brought in. I just want to see a little bit less binder flipping, right? Because we saw a lot of that. <laughs> we saw that with Joe Girardi for ten years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know, last year there were times where oh, do we go to the bullpen? I don't know. What does the manual say? You know, so <laughs> so let's do a little bit less binder flipping this year, and hopefully the rest will work out for itself. And just my final thought on this: um, the time is now because the Yankees farm system has gone from second to twentieth in the league this year in 2019. So the time is now. Florial's still a year away uh, or year two away we'll see what happens with him but the time is now for the Yankees because there's especially if you're going by Will's theory there's not many guys left down in the farm no. so no not at all so just gotta see what happens there yeah. so. David final thoughts sir it's been a great uh, time with you guys. Thank you guys for letting me on for not one, but two shows. Yeah. Love that. Uh, hopefully I can come on again soon. Definitely, and uh, it's been great kind of reliving the past with some some nostalgia here. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Jim Absolutely. Green will be proud. Oh, he Jim, would. He Jim would. Green would be proud. Will? Um, you know, just like I said, man, who would have thought eight years ago that we'd be in a room in Manhattan talking about sports right now, you know? Right. I certainly did not. Nope, nobody Unless did. it was in the studios of uh, ESPN or, or WFAN or anything right, like that. Right, But sometimes you got to— In the basement of some random ability. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but sometimes, though, you have to make out your own—you got to build your own table. And if, if the other guys, they aren't going to play with you, then you got to play with them. Then you got to play some hardball here. So, shout out to, again, shout out to Gotham Podcast Studios for making this all happen. They're truly awesome with a capital A. Brianna and Matt Peters are wonderful to say the very least. Shout out to Mike Ortiz. Who's the, no longer hiding. Yes. Who's, well, he's hiding behind the 
the board right now, but that's okay. Maybe he'll come on and he'll talk Yankees with us in one episode, and that's fine. But, you know, shout out to Mike for doing an awesome job on the ones and twos, and also, too, shout out to you, Sean, because like you said, without you, this show would not be in existence right now. Well, I was just about to say thank you for answering my Instagram post. The funny thing is, I probably got like 80, 90 likes on the post. One comment, D. Don't you hate that when you ask a question and instead of answering it, they just like it? Yeah. One comment was Will. Will, thank you for answering, sir, and that's why we are here. But Absolutely. it all originated eight years ago because of this one right here. Absolutely. So, David, again, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank man. you, David, for coming on and appreciate yep. it, guys. So sacrificing your time. Yeah, definitely. So for David Goldstein and from my main man, Will Trucci, everybody here at Gotham Pocket Studios, I'm your host, Shawnee Maestro, a.k.a. Sean Thomas, for On The Board Sports. Just want to say, too, David, congratulations on you getting married. Oh, we appreciate that, guys. That yeah. Yes, so. definitely, definitely. To a lovely bride, Kristen KK. Thank shout you. out to her, man. Yep, shout, shout out. Shout out to her, man. For On The Board Sports, signing out.